if you would be so kind with me as to look in your scriptures. The Old Testament I will read, but if you were, uh, uh, I, I want you to find uh, a Bible near you and, and look at the John passage because I'm going to hang around there and I'm going to refer to it a couple times. And I want you to look at some particular verses as I teach this morning. I have been um, sharing with you, uh, a, a, we started last week, a series in, in our Lent worship series uh, called Poured Out. And in this series, we are going to be dealing with stories leading to the crucifixion and eventual resurrection of Jesus. And we're going to find several elements that were present in those stories, such as last week we dealt with the aromatic oils when Mary poured out that very expensive and radical gesture of love towards Jesus. We also will be speaking about water, today's cleansing water. We have tears of grief and divine blood, all of it poured out. And these elements will acquire a sacramental, perhaps even, holy meaning to you and for me. As we go through these different stories and we dig into what these elements may mean for our life. As we learn and study the great grace that God has poured out on us who belong to God's own Son. Let, uh, last week, we discovered that oils were for healing, were soothing, and yet they were also used for funeral. And Mary, who, who poured out this exceptionally expensive aromatic oil into the feet of Jesus, was criticized for doing so. But yet, her exceptionally expensive gift was in appreciation for not what Jesus had done for her. Because if you remember, Jesus was the friend of Mary, but Mary was the sister of Martha, who was the sister of Lazarus, who were the children of Simon the leopard. So Jesus had done a great deal for that family. But I think Mary was more touched and felt a deep urge to respond to God for what Jesus meant for her. Not so much what Jesus did, but for what Jesus meant for her. This morning I want to go into the uh, uh, Old Testament and remind us of a beautiful promise that uh, God shares through Ezekiel to you and I already fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Listen to and for the word of God as I read Ezekiel 36. 25 through 28. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart, and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations, and you will live in Israel, the land I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. The word of the Lord. As you may remember, last week we spoke of Jesus who was just uh, outside of Jerusalem 
as he had made a commitment and he had made the decision to go up to Jerusalem and be sacrificed. Jesus knew what was ahead of him. Jesus knew that the minute he began that journey to Jerusalem, there was no way back. And last week we saw him in the house of, of uh, 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 at Bethany, in the house of his friends, Mary, Simon, Ma- Martha, and Lazarus. And he was there as he would be there customary, and they were having a dinner for him. And amazing things happened as Mary opened that perfume that filled up the whole room. And then he went into Jerusalem after that. Right after he gets into Jerusalem, the Gospel of John skips a whole bunch of stuff that happens from the Sunday he walked into Jerusalem until they met in the upper room for that last supper. So while Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of exchanges of Jesus walking and dealing with in Jerusalem, for, including the fight with the money exchanges in the, te- te- uh, in the temple, including the giving of the great commandment, including several healings that he did during that week. But John skips all that and takes us immediately to that meal. And it is John who keeps us in that meal for a very long time. While the other writers, Luke, Matthew, and Mark, basically describe the meal and the sacramental meaning of the bread and the wine, and they see Jesus, they describe Jesus doing this and giving these elements to his disciple with a new covenant promise in it, John doesn't even have a meal. They eat. But what we have in John's gospel from chapter 13 all the way through chapter 17, verse 26, we have what is called the upper room discourse. A moment in which Jesus feels that the urgent need to share with his disciples the great news, to share with his disciples greater detail of who he is, what he's about, and what's about to happen. And this is where we find Jesus at this moment. So let's join Jesus as he is beginning to have this meal with his disciples. Listen to the word of the Lord. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, uh, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew, excuse me, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and he would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Then Jesus came to Simon Peter. Uh, uh, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, "Uh, you don't understand now what I'm going to do, but someday you will. No, Peter responded. You will never, ever wash my feet. 
And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon exclaimed, then wash my hands, wash my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. The word of the Lord. Before the Passover began, and Jesus is gathered with his friends, and Jesus knew the hour had come. The first verse tells us that immediately. Before, in, in, in the other Gospels, Jesus says, the hour will come. The hour is about to come. The hour is not, the hour is not yet here. But yet in verse 1 of chapter 13, the whole shift in the life of Jesus takes place. Instead of the hour is going to come the hour has finally arrived as he is in Jerusalem, as he is waiting for events to take place, as his life is going to be poured out for you and for me. He knew he had between 24 to 30 hours left. I wonder, what would you do if you had those 24 hours to 30 hours? Don't tell me. Bungee jumping. Will you have enough time to plan it and schedule it? What would you do? Think about it. Jesus chose in his last few hours to teach as much as he could to his disciples. He chose to love them and to show his love for them. Even now at this hour that he was about to depart from them, he chose to pour out his love for them. What kind of love? The love that was acceptance, the love that was unconditional, the love that was defenseless. Because even in the scripture that we just read, we know that his enemy is at work. We know that the enemy had received instructions to follow through with a betrayal. And yet we do not see Jesus skewing, scheming, or trying to get away from any of that. Instead, in his last 24 hours, he loved, he taught, and he shared with his disciples. He loved them through, though, though he knew that he would, one would betray him. So what? But Jesus knew who he was, the scripture tells us. You see, verse, verse uh, 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 3 tells us, Jesus knew that he had come from the Father. And the Father had given him all authority. And then when he came from God, he would go back to God. He had no doubt. He was convinced. He was totally and absolutely knowledgeable of this reality. And then, like in the most interesting slow motion sequence, John describes the dramatization, the example in which Jesus is doing it with the words in, in verse 4. It says, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured out water onto a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet drawing them with a towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said, uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And, and Jesus replied, well, you, you don't understand what I'm doing right now, but you will someday. And Peter said, Nuh uh no, you're not. You will never wash my feet. 
Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. You see, Jesus is dealing with Peter right here. But there is a resistance from Peter. You see, Jesus is doing something for Peter that Peter cannot do for himself. Jesus is showing the grace of God. Jesus is demonstrating being the Lord of Lord, the Lord of heavens, the living word, the light of the world, as he had just proclaimed earlier, being the I am. He doesn't mind. And he approaches Peter, and Peter is resisting something that God is doing in Peter's life. I wonder how many times have you resisted God doing something in your life? Can I see some hands? I have to raise both. And then with the wisdom words come, hindsight is what? 2020. But I wonder if the Spirit of God, the Ezekiel promise that would be not only poured out in our hearts, but will live in our hearts to remind us of all the things of Jesus. I wonder if that Spirit, I imagine that Spirit reminding us that we belong to God no matter what is happening in our lives. That we belong to God. That we are God's. That God had given it all. God had poured it all out. And yet, Peter resists. I'm doing something for you that you must accept. I, I, I had the urge for some reason to to read uh, the old Calvin commentary on this portion. And I enjoyed it because I found out that Calvin was multisensory, that Calvin was, yeah, that he was meaningful and memorable in his messages, and that he was kind of interactive. He saw things at many different levels at the same time. Very interesting. And Calvin reminds us that true wisdom of faith That the believer who's experiencing a new something happening in their lives, personal or in their faith community, the true wisdom of faith is to approve and embrace with reverence whatever comes from God. As done rightly and properly from God. Peter resisted. Peter opposed. Peter rejected. Peter kind of became rebellious. I don't want you doing this for me. We don't know. But then Jesus has a hint. And if you have your Bible in verse 13, this is what I want you to look at. In verse 13, Jesus is actually doing uh, something interesting. How many of you have this verse? I don't have it in the screen, so I want you to look for it. Jesus says, You call me teacher and Lord. And you're right. You won't belong. uh, uh, You call me teacher because because that's what I am. Now look at verse 14. And since I, your Lord and teacher. He just switched their words. You see it? Verse 13, he says, you guys call me teacher and Lord. And in verse 14, he switches it around and says, but I am your Lord and teacher secondly. Peter needed to understand this. That the Lord of life did not consider it so haughty to humble himself and wash his disciples' feet. Because the intention was to teach them 
that the master could also be the servant. You see, Jesus was teaching here leadership with servanthood. It's called servanthood leadership. You will find many books about it. And it is the kind of leadership that in our congregations we like to exercise. Servanthood with one another. Loving one another. So Jesus says, no, you will never ever wash my feet. But Jesus replied to Peter saying, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Then Simon exclaims, this is crucial, then wash my hands, wash my head, and wash my feet. In Puerto Rican, Edwin, that is wash me all. Get me all wet. Yeah. Drench me, O oh Lord, because I want to belong to Jesus. It was important for Peter to belong to Jesus. You see, he had, he had walked the roads, the dusty roads with Jesus. He had seen the miracles that Jesus had done. He had seen Jesus doing amazing things with bodies that were dead coming back to life. He had even seen nature responding to Jesus. The winds and the waves respond to Jesus. He even walked and played with the water with Jesus. Oh, he had doubts, but Jesus lifted him up. And he had even seen Jesus glorified. You see, in chapter 6, Jesus had just finished feeding a whole crowd and Peter was there. Jesus had just walked on water in chapter 6. Jesus was just giving the most amazing teachings including the price and the cost of discipleship. And, and, and then Jesus began to see some of the disciples kind of leaving him. Uh, but, but, but he said, then Jesus turned to his, the twelve and, and asked them, are you going to also leave? <laughs> but Simon, Simon said, Lord, to whom would we go? You alone have the words that give eternal life. This is the Peter that knew Jesus. See, Peter wanted to belong to Jesus. How about you? To whom do you belong? To yourself? That's what Peter thought. To whom are you a slave? To worries? To doctors? To bills? to concerns about this world? Who are your modern-day idols? Money, your needs? Do you wish to belong to Jesus, I ask you this morning? The one who sees us, the one who makes all things new, the one who can push the reboot button, the one who can push the restart, and the one that can literally, literally, literally make all things new. Do you want to belong to Jesus, to the love of God poured out on us so that you will be filled and poured out for others? That love, that peace, that hope, that power, that faith. Peter shouted very expressively, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. So today, this morning, I want to invite you. That's why we have the stations here. Oh, there's water in those big jars. Beautiful stuff. So today we invite you to identify with Jesus 
as Peter did. To give it up. Give up your fight. Give up your resentments. Give up your petty fight with God. Because guess what? God's going to win anyway. And you either join the victory with God and be joyful with what God is doing, or you will be just miserable. So we invite you this morning to express your conviction that you belong to Jesus and just put out your water as one of the elders or one of the guests or one of the, the participants will pour out a little bit of water over your hands symbolically that you belong to Jesus. Today we invite you to express your desire to continue to follow Jesus. So come to the waters. Come to the waters. Come to the waters. Experience the cleansing, the refreshing, the renewal. We have these three stations set up so you can come and like Peter symbolically say, pour it on me, Jesus. I want to belong to you. I want to belong to you, Jesus. Come to the waters as we sing the song down by the river.